Now as they went into their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. She came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the best part, which is not to be taken away from her. A couple weeks ago when I preached, I shared with you all that Marsha McPhee, who is my friend and who designs a lot of worship series that we do here at Bluegrass and other churches across the country, had let me look at this series. I got a sneak peek uh, on about December the 29th when she was in Florida with Brenda and I. And, and I looked through the scriptures and I shared with you all that some of the scriptures were my all-time favorite, so I was excited about it. And the more I'm into this series, the more I have recognized that I didn't look as as, as intently as I should have. And if that was not bad enough, then I had the option to sort of say, Pam, will you preach this Sunday? Kenny, will you preach this Sunday? And I have picked the sermons that hit me right slap in the middle of my head. This Sunday is no different. Frankly, this is a scripture I just do not read a lot about. It hits very close to home. So there's this story, as the story goes, Jesus stops and, and he's in the home of Mary and Martha. And many of you may recognize that these are the sisters of Lazarus. And we know that there was this miraculous encounter between Jesus and Lazarus. And that in one form or another, depending on where you are in the scale of literal interpretation or contextual, we do know that something happened and Lazarus was brought in some way to, to new life and a new hope. And so, friends, this was not just a casual, let's pick a house to stop by. This was like if we were going through a town with people we're familiar with and want to see, and we stop by. That's what Jesus was doing in this story to go by and see Mary and Martha. And as the scripture story goes, as we just saw, Martha answers the door and greets Jesus. And she immediately goes to the kitchen to start cooking a meal. How many of you all find your hospitality and your love for people by going to the kitchen, fixing coffee or I don't know, some other kind of beverage or some food. Well, that's what Martha did. And she just knew that, that her sister Mary would be on her heels right behind her. Now, we've got to remember that in the ancient community, it wasn't a matter of just going to the kitchen, turning on the stove, opening the refrigerator to see what you might have to serve. Oh, no, it's much, much different. There were no fires. There was no place to keep cold food. It was quite the ordeal to make a meal in the ancient community. It stands the reason that Martha expected and needed some help from her sister Mary. 
So she expected Mary to be right there with her, and she looked behind, and as we know, that's not what Mary did. Have you ever felt that way? When you are doing something and busy and it's got a lot to do and you look around and others are just sort of chilling out. I remember when we used to have big family dinners at my mom's. She, she cooked these great meals and I mean, they were big. And there were just our immediate family. There were 15 of us. And she would cook and cook and cook. It was my brother Rick and his wife and his two kids and Doug and his wife and their three kids. And sometimes folks from church or family would come over. And the only thing that would perturb my mom would be after dinner was finished, she'd look around and everybody was, whew. They were in a chair on the couch, maybe out by the pool. They were somewhere, but they weren't in the kitchen. Haven't we all felt from time to time, come and help me? That's what happened in this story. How many of you all have ever watched The Brady Bunch? Several hands. I like to ask questions like that because it doesn't make me feel quite so old. I'm telling you, this technology is taking off so fast I can't keep up with it. And I'm like, whoa, I just got to sit down and give up for a minute. So I used to watch the Brady Bunch as a kid. I watched it a lot. In fact, I would, I would profess that I was a fan of the Brady Bunch. It was, it was really the first blended family we saw on television. And so I watched the show a lot. And yet, I never had heard or really keyed into the Brady Call. And we'll talk about that here in just a second. But it was amazing to me that people say this Brady call to me, and they say, you've never heard that? You don't remember that? And I'm like, I'm the same person when there used to be movie rental places. I'm the gal that would get the movie, go up to the counter, and ask them to look at my account to see if I had rented it before. Because I probably slept through it once I started it. <laughs> But when I tell folks my name, Marsha, 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 I would like to have a dime for every time that happens. It can be in a meeting of professionals, it can be with friends, it can be wherever. What's your name, Marsha? Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. I don't ever remember hearing that on the Brady Bunch. <laughs> ever. It really makes me want to go back and watch some reruns to see if these folks are really being truthful about it. Are they? Did they say that a lot? Amazing to me. I'm telling you, I watch the show all the time. Clueless. Well, back to our scripture story. Martha was so upset with her sister. And Martha didn't hold it in. Oh no. Martha went head on with Jesus. And she knew who Jesus was because in many translations she refers to Jesus as Lord. Lord, do something here. Billy, really flip that scripture back just for a second. 
Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? I mean, that's pretty bold, isn't it? But she gets bolder. Telling Jesus what to do. Don't know of anybody like that. Really? Kenny, they shouldn't talk about you like that. So Martha says... <laughs> Kenny's over there. But turn his mic off. We don't have anybody at the sound to turn his mic off. That's trouble. Martha says, Do you not care that my sisters left me here to do all the work? Tell her to help me. And we see the response. Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is only one thing of need. And Mary has chosen the better part. Mm. Mm -mm. Is there anything we can learn from this story? We live in a crazy, chaotic, instant gratification world, don't we? As convenient as a lot of these things are for us, as many things improve our life, we can also get smothered and run down. We can be in a time of quietness at home and all of a sudden the phone, even though we have it turned off, it starts vibrating. And in a couple seconds, and God forbid it be a group text. It's endless with everybody responded. And the truth is the folks that responded mean no harm, right? I come here this morning having spent an all-nighter Friday night. Any of y'all know what an all-nighter is? I started work at 6.30 on Friday morning on some of our company tax returns. And I worked until 8.30 Saturday morning with the exception of coming to church to meet with a gentleman. Brenda came into the office Saturday morning at about 7 or 7.30 and she walked in and I looked over and she said, you've not been to bed, have you? At all? No. She just shook her head and walked out and I thought, well, that wasn't a gr nice greeting. That was sort of like... <laughs> she just said appropriate for those of you who didn't hear that. And friends, I don't share that with you to beat my chest about how productive I was Friday night. It was something that I needed to get done. But that said, is there anyone else here that can become consumed with to-do lists 
with results, with trying to do it all. That's what this story is speaking to us about. If you read further in this scripture story, you come to understand that this very well may have been the last time that Mary and Martha would have been with their friend Jesus. For it wasn't just any city or village that he stopped in. He was on his way to the cross. And if you read some of the scripture interpretations and stories, there were women at the cross and they were named Mary and Martha. And while we don't know if it was this Mary and Martha, it very well could have been. But suffice it to say, one point of the story is to illustrate to us that right here, is Jesus identified as the Son of God in their home for what would be the last time. And Martha is too busy to sit and be and listen and absorb and be touched and be healed and be loved. And Jesus responds and says, Mary has chosen the better part. Ah, daggone it. There's that word. Mary has chosen the better part. Friends, it was Mary's choice. She could have gone to the kitchen. It doesn't make Martha a bad person. Let's be honest. People have to eat. It's always, what lesson can we get from here? And I don't know about you, but one lesson that comes to me over and over in this story is my responsibility to choose the better part. My responsibility to own up to those choices. Am I going to be more about all that I accomplish, how the world sees me, how other pastors see me, how my congregation sees me, how my employees see me, how my friends see me. How... Or am I going to be more about relationships in my life, experiences in my life? And at the end of the day, what we know, don't we, is that it is all about balance. Balance. You know, when Brent and I travel, I used to take a lot more pictures than I take now. Brenda would look at me sometimes and she, and she would just be absorbing. Whether we be in the Grand Canyon or by an ocean or in a mountain or with friends. And I'd be taking pictures, posting on Facebook, check it in. Right? There is a balance, though, because I, I call Brenda out on this. On her birthday or on her anniversary, she wakes up in the morning and looks for the video that I've made of that year of our life. And left to Brenda where there'd be no video because there's no pictures. <laughs> She never takes any. When we travel, literally, if I want myself to be sort of 
recorded as being there, I have to say, will you please take my picture in the Grand Canyon? Don't believe me? Look at any Facebook post we have and see how many you see of me that are not selfies. Life, my friends, is about balance. And we have to be intentional in this results-driven, chaotic, busy world to take time to be holy. We have to be intentional about coming and finding the quiet center. I wonder this morning, who are folks in your circle that you might think, hmm, I'd like to spend more time with them. I need to spend more time with them. I wonder this morning, what are things that you like to do that you put off? Going for a hike. Getting on a bike again. Sitting in a park. Going to watch a ball game. One thing I've been doing during this series, worship series, I have been watching very little news. And for any of you all that know me, that is very unusual. I am a political junkie. <coughs> Believe it or not, I didn't even know till late Friday night that the Mueller report had been released Friday. I subscribe to XM Radio just so I can listen to CNN on the way to work. I am a news junkie and Brent's like, uh, please. So we compromise and at least watch the local news. Once. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to tell you all, and Brent can attest to this, when I get home first and she walks in and she hears here I am, signed, sealed, delivered, I'm yours. Or saxophone playing. Or the good old carpenters. I'm on the top of the world. Looking. There's just something about the different energy of the home. It's just a little lighter. When I'm getting ready for work, TV's not on. I've got pink going. I'm getting up and I'm getting on that treadmill and I've got Diana Ross. I'm coming out. I want the world to know. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to start the day. Oh, friends, I hear the Brady call. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. You are distracted and troubled by many things. But Mary's chosen the better part. I want you all to pray for me that I'll do a better job choosing the better part. And I'm going to pray the same prayer for you. The better part 
because it is true. At the end of our life, nobody's going to give a rip about all of our accomplishments. And we're not going to say, Daggone it, I wish I got that next tax return done. It's true. And oftentimes when we have crisis, death, health, mayday, mayday stuff, it will stop us in our tracks, right? And we'll say when we sit at the bedside with a friend who's leaving this world way too soon, or a relative, or what do we say every time? Sometimes at the dinner after the funeral. Now, we ought to not all just keep having family reunions at funerals. How long does it last till we're right back in the rat race? Right back on that mouse wheel. Boom, 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 go around. It never makes a connection and makes progress. Our call, truly, friends is to choose the better part. And the truth is, the better part starts with making room for God. And then, clear the noise and the chaos. Come to the quiet center. Take time for life. We just have one of it. Take time to hear God's voice.